0: We are in the sixth and final week of our current message series for the Lenten season, looking at the place healing has in the Christian life. In the first week, we uncovered three truths, perhaps three surprising truths about healing. First truth, we are, all of us, broken in various ways. And in various ways, we live in a broken world, which means all of us are in need of healing. Wounds are simply a reality as a result of original sin as a consequence of personal sin, second truth. Healing was core and critical to Jesus' ministry, message, and mission. Along with preaching and teaching, it's simply what he did. He came to bring healing, healing to broken bodies, broken hearts, broken spirits, broken lives, broken relationships, and our broken world, which means he came to bring healing to you and me. Third truth, as with all aspects of the Christian life, the reality of divine healing is shrouded in mystery. We simply don't know how it works. There's certainly no formula for to it. it requires faith if it's going to happen at all. Divine healing and faith go together. You know, some of our wounds are shallow, others deep. Some are old and familiar. Others are fresh and raw. There are those among us who are physically wounded. Others bear emotional wounds like anger or anxiety, spiritual wounds, like doubt or despair, self-inflicted wounds as a result of our own selfishness. And then there are wounds that are imposed on us from loss and grief and death. The question becomes, what do you do? What do you do with the wounds you most certainly have? How do you handle them? Well, ultimately, there are two, and really only two choices. Relying on ourselves or relying on the Lord? Relying on ourselves, we can expect, at best, limited success. Relying on the Lord offers the potential for unlimited success. Because Jesus Christ came to renew and restore everything that has been broken. Elsewhere, he says, Behold, I come to make all things new again. Jesus Christ came to restore all things to their intended wholeness. He came to restore you to your intended wholeness. But for that to happen, of course, we have to acknowledge our need for healing, first of all. And then we have to be attentive to the Lord, listening to him. Listening to him instead of listening to all those lies, lies that we tell ourselves and lies that others tell about us, lives that contribute to and follow from our wounds. Last week, we we learned God's desire for us is that we participate in our healing. Jesus looks to partner with us, bringing God's grace and favor into our woundedness, the healing of our hearts and minds and spirits and souls, and perhaps sometimes even physical healing. Well, as we wrap up this series, just a reminder that if you missed any or all of it, you can always catch up on demand online and think about who you could share this series with. Who do you know who could use some hope for healing? Today we're gonna take a look at where we go from here, jumping into an amazing story from the Gospel of John, an amazing story that goes like this. The sisters of Lazarus sent word to Jesus, saying, Master, the one who you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, this illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified through it." So the sisters of Lazarus were Martha and Mary, and they send word to Jesus through a messenger that his close friend Lazarus, their brother, is sick actually he was dying at first jesus response seems positive he says the illness is not to end in death indicating that lazarus will recover and this recovery in turn will be used for god's glory that's because god never wastes a hurt he wants to use it for his good for his glory our hurts and hang-ups can actually be opportunity for God's love to be revealed to the world. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Let me read that again, just to make sure you don't overlook the fact that it doesn't make any sense at all. When Jesus heard that Lazarus was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Those two facts don't go together. They don't make any sense. Jesus loves Martha and Mary and Lazarus and they're in trouble and they're urgently seeking his help and he does nothing. He remained for two days in the place where he was. He does nothing. He's totally indifferent. But as we learn, he wasn't sometimes god seems uncooperative or even indifferent but in reality sometimes god's will is, is is delayed because his will is being opposed god's will is not always done on earth as it is in heaven not at all sometimes his will is disobeyed other times as in this time the reason it feels like god is delayed is because He has another purpose. He has another plan. He's bringing a deeper healing, a more profound healing than just the presenting problem. Take a look. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. Mary sat at home. So people handle grief and loss and death in different ways. Martha goes out to meet Jesus. Mary stays at home, Martha is the extra, active extrovert of the pair, as we've previously seen in the Gospel of Luke. Mary is more reflective, more introverted. Some people withdraw into themselves, they get quiet, they isolate in their woundedness. Other people handle loss and grief by getting busy. They deal with their pain by being active. And that's Martha. She's leaning in to her loss. She's also outspoken. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She's direct, even blunt. You could have done something about it, and you know it. We say this to people we feel like they're responsible for our problems and our pain. We find somebody to blame. We want somebody to blame. We need somebody to blame. Often, it's our first instinct. Martha is definitely blaming Jesus. Her grief is compounded by the fact that not only has her brother died, but Jesus, their dearest friend, did not come to their assistance. Instead, he stayed away. The man she knew could help. The man she knew could heal her brother didn't even bother to show up. So she expresses her grief with anger. Did you know? Did you know that we can get angry with God? It's true. We can. Don't worry. He can handle it. Often we're afraid to voice our disappointment about him to him. We think we have to hide it from God, which is kind of funny because he already knows we're feeling. Sometimes we might actually be tempted to criticize God. Did you know to, to criticize God to others is blasphemy? To criticize God to God is prayer. So if you feel angry with God, if you feel like he's let you down, if you feel like he didn't show up, tell him. In the Psalms, David did this all the time. Over and over again in the Psalms, David gives expression to his questions and concerns, his hurts and his hang ups when it came to God, oftentimes in very blunt language. That's why it's great to pray the Psalms because they give expression to what we're feeling. Many of the saints prayed in exactly the same way. On one especially bad day, an exasperated St. Teresa of Avila waved her fist at heaven and yelled, if this is how you treat your friends, it's little wonder you have so few of them. (laughs) Yell at God if you want to. Yell at God if you have to, but do it as Martha did. She expressed her anger in the context of her faith in the Lord. She said, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha said, I know he will rise in the resurrection of the last day. Unlike many pagan religions of the ancient world, the Jewish people believed in the resurrection of of the dead, meaning that with the coming of the Messiah on the last day at the end of time, the deceased will get new bodies that will be joined again with the soul. And that's what Martha is referring to, Jesus expands her view of the resurrection. He said, I'm the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Death is defeated through Jesus Christ's resurrection. Our death is defeated through his resurrection. So, if we believe in his resurrection, then we also believe that pain and problems, wounds and woundedness, even death itself, do not have the last word. Sure, we may suffer setbacks, but they're only temporary. We may experience failure, but it's not final. The question becomes, do we believe this? But even if we do, even when we do, the loss and death of someone we've loved is going to grieve us. It's going to diminish us. It even affected and impacted Jesus himself. He became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, sir, come and see. Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. It's a profoundly emotional scene. Jesus becomes angry and enraged at death itself and then overcome with emotion. Overcome, but not overwhelmed. So Jesus came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay across it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Did I not tell you if that you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and then he looked up to heaven and prayed. This scene is a great example of exactly what we were talking about last week. The Lord fully intends to act in this situation, but he will not act without the help of the others. When it comes to miracles and healing, he insists on our help. We do the possible, he does the impossible. He insists on our help. He also insists on healing in the context of prayer, and when he does, look what happened. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead men came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, his face wrapped in a cloth, so Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Lazarus is revived, restored, returned to his family, literally, literally unbound. Well, as we wrap up this series... I want to briefly address two audiences. First audience is everyone who has not experienced healing yet. To you I say, persevere. Especially persevere in prayer. Keep on praying. We have a very, very special opportunity to do that today. Our healing team ministers will once again be here to pray with you, to pray for you, to pray over you after mass, right here at the foot of the altar. Maybe you feel like Martha and Mary. Maybe it feels like God has been delayed, or he's inattentive, non-responsive. Persevere in prayer that help and healing is coming. It is on its way. The second audience is all of you who have experienced healing in mind or body and soul or spirit, you've experienced healing. If that's you, can I invite you to share your healing by sharing your story? Tradition tells us Lazarus shared his story widely throughout that whole region initially and eventually the whole world. We're still talking about it today. You don't have to go that far, but you can post your story on the prayer wall of our website. If you prefer, you can post anonymously or you can tell us who you are. It's your choice. But just click the button Celebration and Thanksgiving and share your testimony. Your testimony. That word, testimony, means to do again. When you share what God has done for you, in a certain sense, God is doing something for you all over again. And sharing the healing, God heals your heart all over again. It's heart healthy. God has healed you because he loves you and he wants you to experience his love, but he's also healed you so that your life can reflect and reveal his love to others. When we tell others about what God has done for us, it gives them confidence to pursue their healing and to persevere in their pursuit. God actually uses us to bring healing to others. Think about that. God actually uses us to bring healing to others. That's because while we know hurt people hurt people, healed people can help heal people. Take a look.
1: For almost all of my life I've struggled with Um, some amount of depression and fear and anxiety and it was ruining my relationships it was um, hurting my business I run a small business it was hurting my business because I just could not do the things that I needed to do I was I was overwhelmed by it I would sleep uh, sometimes all day I would just skip out on life I was a mess I just, I, I wanted to get out of it. I wanted to move myself to, to peace or joy or just to, to like bear down and grit through it. And you're like, why, you know, just go. And I, I, could, I couldn't get myself to do that. Um, I just kept resorting to the, the sin that I would escape to or to just running away from the problem um, because I, I just felt like I didn't have the strength to take it head on. And I just could not fix this problem in myself. And I cried out to God um, that you need to fix it, you know, I I just cried out to him, you've got to fix it at the top of my lungs, you've got to fix it through tears and just a mess. And then two days later, I I got up in the morning and I had a meeting with my business partner who's a good Catholic man, and um, I prayed with him, I asked his forgiveness, because my depression and my fear and anxiety had hurt him, it had hurt our business, and he just, expressed a mercy and a forgiveness for me that that made no sense um, because I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve his forgiveness, um, but he did. He said, I, I forgive you, you know, and then we prayed. We prayed a lot for, over a lot of things, um, but mostly just that we would be the men that God had made us to be um, and that we would be strong and that we would stand up and fight. And then almost immediately afterwards, I just started to feel that resolve that I didn't have. And I just felt the strength to begin to take that action, to to, to remove it. The fear and anxiety were almost completely gone. I mean, I was speaking the next day, that Wednesday, I had a meeting, another meeting with some of the same people and I spoke just a peace and a hope and a joy into them and over their lives and over the business and a confidence in the future that was non-existent three days before. When things get hard, um, they're hard. You know, it's not easy for me now to, to strive through the struggles. It's just that I know that I need to cling to him. It has elevated my faith to believe in miracles because I experienced one person. I can look back now and see and remember the whole story and know, oh yeah, he just lifted me up that day. I mean, out of the mess. And I am confident that he can do that for someone else. Thanks for watching.
0: Be sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. You can be part of our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples by sharing this video. We're grateful that you're part of this community.